I'm sure a lot of you out there, when you, when things go really well, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. The devil, the evil, the demons, they feed off anxiety. And the anxiety is something that's been, it's a lie, which has been instilled into you from previous trauma. I'm, I'm human too. You know, I have rough weeks. I have rough emotional weeks. I have rough mental weeks. And uh, this was one of them. Who deals with depression and anxiety and who has been in an abusive relationship, they can recognize these things. You can see that in somebody else. Iron sharpens iron, but man sharpens man. Welcome to another episode of Mending Your Life, Unapologetically Human. I am Dan. I'm Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Brady. Are you, sure so, you, are you sure, Dan? What? <laughs> I'm so, I mean, okay. So, you know, there's a, there's a delay when we hit the record button. And Brady decided to show me that he was the number one fan and I have childish humor and it makes me laugh and I didn't know what I was doing. So, I mean, we could start back over again, but you know, yeah. anyway, what's going on, man? What's going on? Oh, nothing, man. Nothing. Just, uh, hanging out for the weekend. It's been, it, it, it's been a little funky over here. We got a, we got some thick fog every day. That is a mm. badass coffee cup, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, that's, my, that's the Elhorn, by the way. That's, that's the one I'm always is, talking about. That is, that is awesome. Shout out to the brother-in-law for a Christmas gift. Thank you. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, shit, nothing really going on. It, it was a week though. It was a week at work, man. I had a ton of shit to do and all that stuff. And I just, I, and then, you know, people calling out and all that wonderful shit. I just wanted to shake the shit out of about three people. Jesus. It's a little violent for a mental health podcast. But yeah, but people that listen, people that have mental health issues will understand. Yes. that I. Well, you were saying that you had to hop back on a truck, right? Yeah, I did, which isn't that big of an issue. I mean, I knew, um, I knew going into this position that until we get fully staffed, which is beyond what I'm allowed to get, like I have one position open right now that I have to hire for, I'm not getting any, any freaking hits, but, um, on indeed, but I, uh, I have one position open, but I need like three more people. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. That so kind of sucks. Just one of I those- mean, you look, I, you know, I'm. You know, looking, we can work something out, maybe. What? Get a little travel per diem. You know, let me uh, travel from here no, to. No, no, you you want to? I mean, it, it's gonna be on your own dime, though. There, big guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Um. So, um, <laughs> how you doing? You uh, you you had a, a. I mean, we talked a little bit this week. You 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 had a little bit of a a, a thing this week, man. Yeah. Um, are you talking about the poor BMW that tried to mount me on Wednesday? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So um, Wednesday was my birthday. Uh, turned the glorious 33. And uh, as I'm sitting, uh, leaving work, and I went to go get gas, and I needed to get my truck reinspected. So I'm sitting in the inspection line and park and minding my damn business when a 2004 BMW decides to try to enter the bed of my truck and go home with me. Um, so there's no damage to the truck other than a little bit of you know, the bumper is a little bent, but I mean, it's not like it's nothing crazy. But the uh, gentleman's BMW is uh, totaled um, the trailer hitch. He hit the trailer hitch on the truck and it went right into his engine. So that, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. 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 Um, As, if, if you said, uh, you said this gentleman didn't even own the BMW. No, it was his son's vehicle. 
So he didn't really have any of, well, he stated he didn't have any of his information, but when the police showed up, he magically pulled some trick and got his information some from somewhere. I don't know where, but he got it from somewhere, but yeah. So yeah. And the cop was looking at it and he was just kind of like, holy shit, this dude hit the fuck out of you. And I was like, yeah, he did. And the car went up underneath. Like we hit so hard that, or he hit me so hard that the BMW went underneath the trailer hitch of the truck and he tried to back out and Mm. yeah. And it got stuck. So we were, he, I was actually stuck to him, but, um, yeah. And then when we tried to, or he called his son and his son came down and come look at his car. And the first thing his son did was roll the window down and just rip him a new one. And, uh, I felt bad a little bit because his son, well, here's why I felt bad because that was, uh, his son's first car and they had just moved to the States uh, they're from the Middle East and they just moved to the States and he had always wanted a convertible and always wanted a BMW and he had just bought that car uh, last year. So, yeah, so I felt bad. I felt really oh, bad. Yeah. But I feel, I feel bad for the son. I don't yeah. feel bad at all. So everything went well. I mean, the guy apologized, the son apologized, and then uh, I tried to leave and I, wanted, I was trying to pull the trailer hitch out. And I ended up um, dragging the BMW with me a couple feet. So we had to disconnect the trailer hitch, which was bent up. And yeah, but eventually I got home and celebrated my birthday with my wife. And it was great. And uh, we had fried pork chops and apples for fried pork chops and fried apples for dinner. And uh, yesterday we went to my parents' house and hung out there, got uh, a badass baby carrier and i will take yeah, photos i yeah i'll take photos look. and post it on the facebook page so people can see but it's from t- baby tactical gear so you guys can look it up and you'll you'll understand why it was badass but uh then my mom made flake steak and fettuccine and we watched some football and you know it was a good it's been a good weekend good yeah um, it's been a good weekend yeah we uh i mean we haven't done jack uh really uh well we went we went thrift store shopping yesterday we were, were looking for a new love seat Mm. Um, because we had to get rid of one of them because of the flex steel love seat we had before. Um, you know the indestructible flex seal. It's um, not indestructible, is it? Oh, no, it's destructible. My my son actually. Oh. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think it was broken by the time he was four. Did he uh, like Randy Savage elbow drop it? I don't know how he did it, but he's, he accomplished the feat. It was now, <laughs> honestly, I don't mean, I, I was wild and crazy when I was his age too. So, I mean, it wouldn't, it's not, and it's no big deal. We'll find one, but we didn't, we didn't find a love seat, but we did find a bunch of other shit. Mm. Uh, uh, my, my wife found, found like, I don't know, a hundred dollars, $200 worth of jeans for like 10 bucks. Um, Dude, that's what's up. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a fucking deal. I, I got a, a crock pot cookbook. You don't have a crock pot. I have a crock pot. I have a, you know, I just wanted a, crock a cookbook. cookbook. I wouldn't really picture you being the the cookbook type. Cause you kind of just like have everything up here. Actually. I mean, it's, you'd be surprised. Good chefs. They always have recipe books. They always so, have, you know, but do you like pull from like multiple recipes? You're like, I like this, but I like this better. See, okay. the, whole thing, the, the whole thing is being, you know, a trained culinary artist. Now, um, 
the whole thing between, you know, the fact that I was a chef for so long is I understand the different techniques used in cooking. So yeah. I can look at a recipe and be like, all right, I can do this, 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 and this differently. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's, there's always a baseline for, for different recipes, but however, slow cookers or crock pots, man, that is, that's, that's a science. It really is. Um, people, people think people, you know, people use the crock pots and stuff cause they're lazy. They can just put everything together. No, it's not, that's not the case. You can't always just put everything in all at once and then hit, hit, hit the high or low switch and, and call it good. It's it, there, right. there's a science behind it. So, but the easiest thing I, I always tell everybody to do who like, uh, like they say they don't have time to cook when they come home from work and stuff like that, which people don't. I said, I always tell them the easiest things to do. You get a chuck roast. All right. You get some beef broth. You put that thing in the crock pot and you just let it low cook the whole day until you get home. And then you add some potatoes to it. You add some carrots to it if you want to. Or if you don't want to, then you shred it and then you add some flour and mix it up and make yourself a little gravy and you make yourself a, a sandwich. A little SOS. Yeah, there you go. Um, but no, it's, uh, I got a couple couple of books that I, I, you know, I have a couple of authors that I really like. And uh, one of them, I didn't realize that Dan Brown had come out with another book called Origin or something like that. Hmm. I, picked, I picked that up. Um, and I picked up some Seahawks, a Seahawks shirt and a Mariner shirt. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Awesome. We, uh, we had a good day. I mean, did a little, basically a little retail therapy yesterday and, yeah. and hung out and we, we, I'm sure you noticed on the Xbox, we've been playing, you know, the hell out of Jurassic Park or Jurassic oh, yeah. Evolution 2. Oh yeah. And, uh, we will, we lose hours to that game. It's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> you said, you said your wife likes that game. Oh yeah. We both, we, we play it together. I mean, it's a one player game, but we, we pass the controller back and forth and we build these parks together. It's, it's a lot of fun. That's um, cool though. I, you know what? It's cool though, because you guys have, um, such a, uh, fantastic dynamic between you two We do. and, and, you know, Today, you know, the topic today, we're talking about like relationships, and yep. we got our a good buddy of ours that we play hockey with every night, um, Matt, to come on, and Matt's going to join us here in a second. Um, and you, like I said, you guys have such a fantastic dynamic that you know the re like relationships in like cooking for you, for instance, there's a lot of similarities between the two because there's a lot of mutual respect that has to go between the two of what you're doing. And it's like, if you treat your food right and your ingredients, right, it's going to come out and you're going to get a, a great product. And it's the same way with your relationships. If you treat your relationship right and you, uh, are paying attention and you, you know, caress it and need it and all these things that you're going to get back to what you put into it. Right. Absolutely. And that is, and that's so key. And, you know, in this, and this is something that I re I'm really looking forward to talking to Matt because I mean, we've brought that, we brought Matt up, uh, I think last week saying that we're, we want to get him on and he wants to come on. Um, you know, he's, he's a little younger than us and he's mm -hmm. kind of, he's been more entrenched in the, in the technological age that, you know, I really, I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with him, um, 
with how difficult the different challenges that he faced in comparison to like me or, or even you, I mean, yeah. me, I kind of straddled both worlds. You know, I remember a time before the internet and all that stuff, but I also remember, you know, all the technology coming and I, I was very immersed in that as well. So, um, and even you, you were kind of, you, you, you were kind of brought up in the, in the beginning, but yeah. that, we had I MySpace. Mean, MySpace in like AOL was their top yeah. thing. I mean, I, you still remember the sound of dial-up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Matt yeah, I I do. has ever had to experience dial-up. So I mean, I, I mean, shit. Let's go ahead and ask him, Matt. You on? Yes, sir. What's going what's, on, guys? What's going on, man? How are you? Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. Honestly, this is gonna be fun. I think so too. So a little, a little quick background. Um, for those of you, I've known Matt for. Yikes, like 12 years, maybe Um, (laughs) we started out as I was his coach in baseball when he was uh, a mere like 15, 16 year old. And uh, I've I had the pleasure of coaching Matt for many seasons. And uh, I Matt was one of those guys that um, it was a little rough when you started off. Right. I don't know if you played much baseball before then. I think you. I think your dad said that you played a little bit before that, right? Oh, I, I played since I was five. Since so. you were five, so yeah. you you kind of got thrown into this like brand new team of like a, a mix of just random guys that like don't play. Like I, to be fair, let's just be honest. I got stuck with a team of a bunch of people that really didn't play, and then to like throw me a bone, I got a couple kids that played high school ball, right? But and I vividly remember that first season being atrocious. It was. Yeah, <laughs> atrocious. But as we went on, I mean, if you remember that Longhorns team we had, I mean, we were we were by like the game four, we were outscoring opponents like 92 to three. I mean, we were just demolishing teams that had to be one of the best teams that we've I, one that I ever had a chance to coach and two that you were probably ever a part of. Was oh, this, yeah. What sport was this? Baseball. Baseball. You were beating people ninety two to three. That was that was like the average run by like we like game four. Like our first game was like sixteen to two. And Matt can tell you, I was a um, I was a, mm, I was not a very, I was not a tradition. I'm not a traditional baseball coach per se. Um, I have the memo that uh, I'm gonna bury you into the ground. That's my mentality. And if I'm up by twenty and you get a run, I'm getting the run back. So if you put up three runs and we're up by 20, I'm getting three more runs back. That's yep, uh, no, no I mean, mercy. I would, I, I would that, I mean, that seems mean guys. <laughs> well, you got to think those. Yeah. These are kids that are like playing high school ball that went like freshmen in college. So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like they don't know what they're doing. It's just, um, I guess you could say that, as they always say, a team is a reflection of their coach. And I think that team was an absolute reflection of our coaching staff. And I'm okay with that. Well, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't – I mean, I always loved baseball. Um, I I wasn't great at it. I could play. Um, I I was kind of naturally athletic growing up. but when it came to baseball, I mean, I've broken or fractured so many bones in my body, let alone in my hand. Baseball was difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, this isn't um, 
this isn't necessarily the relationship that we're actually going to be talking about. It is a relationship. It's a relationship, though. This is Matt brought in brought in the topic about uh, relationships in basically today's world, and like Brady said in the in the start, that we grew up in a different time than you, obviously, different technological age. Um, we didn't really have things. You know, like when we were teens, we had like Facebook, right? But like Vine was still a thing and we had MySpace and there was no Instagram and there was no TikTok and Snapchat. I mean, I guess there was like Snapchat and stuff. But like for me, like social media wise, uh, shoot, I I don't even think I had a Facebook until like 20, I don't know, 2015, 2016. Like I didn't use social media in high school. And for you, growing up, Matt, social media has just been a prominent thing. Absolutely. Um, like, I, I, I got my first account when I was a freshman in high school. Because that, like, I think my mom even introduced me to it. It's like, oh, this is where you can talk to all your friends and, and whatnot. And I'm like, eh, okay. And, but when it came to talking with girls on social media, I was a complete train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> like... They would be online, and we would talk, and then they would say they would have to go, and I'm like, all right, cool, see you later. And if I saw them come back online, I'd be like, oh, you're back, and that would just completely creep them out. <laughs> Understandably so, too. So <laughs> I, I mean, didn't yeah. use it for the right reasons. <laughs> oh, I mean, Matt, I'll be honest with you, I, I probably would have done the same thing. I'd, I'd, I'm, I, I'm clueless, clueless like you were. I uh, no, I gotta go. All right, cool. Then five minutes later, they like, oh hey, how you, you, you? No, that that wasn't the that wasn't the point. Okay, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like we were all like that at a certain point, especially when you start like talking to people and like getting into the dating game. Like nobody sure. tells you what to do. Nobody teaches you the rights and wrongs. You just kind of figure it out. But also on that aspect, because you know it's not just romantic relationships that we're that we're talking about here. Don't forget, like the relationship with your parents. Like your parents can't teach you how to talk to the opposite sex. They can't. I mean, your dad may try, but it's. Uh, I mean, and this is kind of a perfect example of what we're talking about here today. Is I could try to talk to my son when he gets older about talking to talk, talking to women, but first of all, I am woefully outclassed um (laughs) because i was never any good at it and number two it's a different age and even between me and you matt i mean because you're i mean do you mind if i if if you share how old you are with everybody oh yeah no i I actually just turned 24 this past january 7th so 24 i mean i'm 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 only 16 years older than you but i mean in this age the those 16 years are a vital 16 years yeah completely agree so i couldn't, I couldn't imagine trying to t- teach you how to how to hit on a woman that's no no yeah i mean listen that at 24 i was um don't I can't even I can't even tell you what I was doing. Maybe coaching baseball. Uh, probably. I mean, other than that, I don't know what I was doing. Working 24. I was in the beginning of the relationship with my ex-wife. Hmm. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. See, I, I the, the mid 20s for me is such a blur because that was. That was for me the mid twenties. That was a rough time for me, like in my life. That was after 
my brother passed away. And actually, you know, it's funny because Matt, that Tar Heels team that we had, that was the year that my brother passed away. So that summer was the first time me coming back to coach baseball. So you've actually seen me at like my the lowest I've ever been. And I don't know if anybody ever noticed that, but I, I was I was not there. Like I was not present for most of that stuff. But was that during the time you were doing a lot of heavy drinking and stuff? Yeah, yeah, privately, but you know, well, I wasn't yeah. showing. Yeah, I'm not showing up to the games like uh, f- uh what's his name from Bad you're News sitting Bears. Sitting in the dugout with a handle. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. Listen, I wasn't David Wells coming out of the bullpen after drinking a six pack. Like, <laughs> I dated myself, but um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, those mid twenties were different, but that was like, for us, that was kind of. Well, I guess for me, I mean, you were what? You were in your thirties at that point, right, Brady? When you were 24? Yeah. I was, yeah, I was in my 30s. Yeah, so social media, at that time, social media was pretty fucking prominent for both of us. Sure, yeah. Right? And then, I mean, Matt, you were what? uh, You were what? Fucking. What year are we talking here? I was 24, so that's 10 years. years. Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So maybe it wasn't 24. 15, Matt. Yeah, you were so that was fifteen. That was that same year that yep. that I had you on as baseball. So you know, it's just it's so funny because like getting to know you then, and then getting to know you now outside of that. Like I can say that like I I've semi watched you grow up a little bit. Like you grew up from being a teenager to an adult now, and you know there's some things that. Uh, you say that are complete uh, fucking asinine. Let's not gonna, let's not lie. And I mean, it's like, it's, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's like, you know, and then, but it's because like, you'll say something and I like immediately respond back and I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. But it's not like, what? it's not like you're an idiot. It's like, cause I look at you like you're like a, like a little brother to us. And that's I'm, how we look at you. You're like, you're like the nephew. I only like to see, you know, on holidays. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> But no, I gotta say, you know, Matt, you you do say some asinine shit, which is one of the one of the many reasons that you know I love hanging out with you every week and playing hockey. But your knowledge of pop culture from my era, I mean, zero. I, I, say I respect <laughs> the hell out of your parents for that. I do because, like, you'll you'll bust out with song lyrics, movies, movie titles, that kind of thing, or lines from movies, and I'm like, oh how the hell God. do you know? Yeah, how many times did we sit there on Friday nights and Matt just starts like just singing some fucking song from like the eighties? And I'm like, you yeah. know that song? Yeah, it's uh, you yeah, it was the know. other night. I think it was the other night I was singing uh, or even last night maybe I was probably singing the, from the Doobie Brothers to listen to the music. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This but hey, um, I, I gotta ask, so have you have you had any conversations with your parents about the differences in, in your in, in the way your generation handles relationships? I'm just um, you haven't. That's fine. I'm just Well, it's actually interesting you bring that up because I actually didn't have to ask. They just told me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> your parents are very like to the point. Yeah, they really are. And uh, it's actually interesting, too. My dad uh, and my mom, like my mom was my dad's only ever girlfriend and long lasting now. I forgot how many years. It's like mid 20s. But they like once my dad saw her, he was completely hooked. Wow. 
That's awesome. Uh, that is but, pretty cool. So you've you've had these conversations, well, at least you know semi conversations with your with your parents about this. Have you noticed any differences between you know just what you what you understand their relationship to be and what relationships are now? Yeah, I mean, I, like they told me that back in their heyday, they were surrounded by people. Yeah, I know you're laughing at heyday, but. <laughs> uh, like uh my at least my mom she used to go out all the time and she had like only a couple of boyfriends but way more than my dad and um you had more boyfriends like, than your dad i mean that's a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> do you mean do you mean she was seeing more people like multiple people at the time or yeah like, you just mean like she had dad. multiple she had other ones and then she met your dad yeah she had other ones okay. and then she met my dad um it's actually a really cool story that I'll, I can tell later on in a different day. But, um, yeah, and before my dad even met my mom, my dad was completely isolated because he, he had the mentality that he was better than everybody else and he only cared about himself. So, as a result, he only focused on himself, which benefited him in a couple ways. Like, he, en- he ended up getting the career that he wanted, but just complete isolation, and he didn't actually face days of depression and that's when he realized that he had to change lo and behold my mom comes along when uh he was he went back when he was in the marines and was stationed in rio de janeiro because my mom was born in brazil uh they just met at a party and got instantly hooked that's pretty cool and 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 i'd like to say i know your dad fairly well um your dad is actually a quite a uh religious man isn't he Oh yeah, uh, you, you should see his uh, his Bible now. It's completely leathered out and like mm. just looks like a, a religious text now. But, so uh, was your was your dad was your dad uh, did your dad get into religion as a young kid or was he did was that like after he kind of like met your mom or? So um, it wasn't his family that drew him to religion. In fact, it was actually another family when he was about like 10 or 12 um but like even though he had that religion with him he didn't like he still faced that idea of that he he only worried about himself and not other people and then like he got that all squared away and he started loving people and then once he met my mom and my mom at the time was not even religious either so when she met him he got her on that program yeah so it ended up working out in the end. That's awesome. And and this, this it really speaks to the topic of relationships too, is, you know, um, the fact that you have this kind of relationship with your parents, that you know, all these things like, that's awesome. Because honestly, I couldn't tell you how my, how my parents met. I mean, they're not together anymore and all that stuff, but I couldn't tell you how my parents met. I couldn't tell you how my sister and my, my sister and her husband met. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, but you know, when it comes down to it, I think it's awesome. And this is, you know, I, I think that's probably why, honestly, I mean, I have a great deal of respect for you, Matt, especially at your age. I mean, it's, it's not easy to live in this world and in this age right now, but you know, you seem like you have a pretty damn good head on your shoulders. And that's a testament to the relationship that you have with your parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. You, you know, and, there was a time maybe 
was it maybe last year or the year before you you texted me and let's be honest you know we've known each other for a while right but this is probably the most open at this time this was probably the most open that you had ever been with me at this time and you had reached out and you said something along the lines of like um i've been doing like a lot of like dumb sh- like I, you were like i've been doing like a lot of dumb shit and i feel like i've like fallen from where i want to be and who i want to be and you know you had references to like you know your relationship uh, with uh you know like with with uh your religion and your church and everything like that too but you weren't just talking about that you were talking about you have fallen off where you wanted to be as like uh like a person and like as a man because you said you were doing you were doing a lot of dumb shit at that time and you didn't really know how to come back from that is that something that you talked to with your dad or is that something that you kind of just try to figure out on your own so like i have a hard time talking about this stuff with my parents because for whatever reason like it, it feels like there's an emotional barrier mm. with trying to share st- like stuff like that and like at the time you mentioned i think i know what you're you're referencing but um back in 2018 i think this was even before you reached out for me to join softball like 2018 was one of the worst years of my life. I had just gotten off a uh, one year and one week relationship by far my longest. And I was in one straight year after that of depression and like just in a complete rut. And, uh, and then shortly after that, like a couple of relationships later, when y- you referenced what I was starting to talk to you about that, like, it just felt like a repeating cycle of just like it, things just repeating themselves. I get in a relationship, seems promising, it ends, and then I'm in a complete rut and repeat. And so I'm like, how how do I break that cycle? And I at the time I had no idea. Uh, I'm gonna ask, do you have any idea now? Yeah, um, at, at least a little bit. There, I I'm not gonna lie, I still struggle with that at some points, but. Uh, at at the end of the day, I got to realize that, you know, it's not the end of the world if a relationship ends because there's way more to life than just relationships. But uh, sometimes that's hard to realize. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, it's funny that you brought it up because you said that it was really hard for you to talk about your talk to your parents about this stuff because of the emotional barrier and whether it's relationships or um people battling demons, whether it's addiction or trauma or something like that, sometimes people run into that emotional barrier, like that, like the uh, fog of war that people can't push through. And the people that they want to talk to the most, they can't because one, maybe they don't know how to do it, but two, you don't know how they're going to react. And even in relationships, people hit that like fog of war because you're so afraid to bring something up with somebody in a relationship because you don't know how they're going to react. Exactly. Yeah, and honestly, man, it, it, as much as I would love to say, you know, when, once you get it all figured out and you marry the woman of your dreams and stuff like that, that changes. But I, there's still things that, you know, I, I may hesitate to talk to my wife about. And not because of, not for any other reason other than my own insecurities, to be honest with you. But there, I mean, there are things that, you know, I have to pause and kind of look at and say, well, do I even really want to bring this up? And, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't go away. It's just, it, it, you figure out how to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, one of the, I think one of the things too is, 
I think if we spend less times less time trying to figure out how to handle shit on our own and try to normalize having conversations when it's hard, we won't drive ourselves into the ground trying to figure all this shit out alone. True. And you that's know? and and that's the hardest part for especially for for, you know, for men. I mean, it really is. But also, you know, the type of men that we are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that I, I know you pretty well, Dan. I mean, Matt, I, I don't, uh, I know you pretty well. I I'd like to think, um, I think this is probably one of the few times I've seen your face, but, um, but no, when it comes down to it, the type of men that we, that, that I believe we are and yeah, you know, people are like, Oh, don't type me. No, I mean, people are types. They are. I mean, it's, it, it it's just part of life. I'm sorry. Yes. You can change your type, all that wonderful shit, but you know, the type of men that we are, we, we, you know, we'll, we talk about it all the time. Don't do it. But, but the reason that we know not to do it is because we do it all the damn time. Don't, don't shove it down. Don't suck it up. Don't, you know, it, but we will look at ourselves and say, well, suck it up, move forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, and honestly, you know, it's, the, that's part of this podcast and, and, you know, it's not just, you know, us trying to help other people we all we're also in the process helping ourselves yeah um and you know the the relationship it's not just the relationship we have with people on the outside it's the relationship we have with with ourselves yeah i think if you were to pull uh a female on right now and ask her about like uh viewing how they view men in relationships and some of the struggles i would be safe to assume that they would say that uh you know, if they would just change, things would be different, right? How many times have you heard that? Like, oh, he can change. We can change him. Well, um, you know, Steve Harvey once said that uh, man, a man will change, but he will only do it for one person. And yeah. if he's not going to change, then you're not the one person. And yep. you can't force him to do that. A man will change on his own in the time that it takes for him to do that he's got to battle through his own stuff and when he finds that one person he's going to change for there's all kinds of benefits that are going to come out from that right absolutely and and a lot of people also need to understand that you know when when men change that way i mean they're they're changing their entire being mm -hmm. and it's not just men women women go through this too but i can i can only speak to men you know as a man, when you change yourself and you, and you do, you make these changes to, and it's not a bad thing, you know, it's, you're doing, you're making these changes in a positive way to positively reflect, you know, how you feel about this person and, and, and be the person that, that they deserve. But that, like you said, it's battling demons. It's, I mean, it's a war. It is to, to get through that. And people, you know, a lot of people, I know women that are like this, that are like, oh, I can change him. Nope. No, you can't. No, yeah. that is, that is a battle you don't, you, I mean, all due respect out there, women, that is a battle you don't want to go to with him. Right. It's not. Right. He's going to, he's going to do it on his own. And it's, yeah. that's probably, and it's the same way the other way around. Like we always say, oh, we can yeah. change her. She'll change. To be honest with you, no, nobody's has to change. They're going to do it if they want to. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be okay with it or you're not, but you can't just push somebody into doing it. And, and, you know, same, same thing in the opposite direction. I mean, all due respect out there, men, that's not a battle you want to go through with them. Right. <laughs> it's, it's right. Not. And you know what? And if it is, and it's something that you do want to go through, then, you know, 
kudos to you because it's not an easy task. And, you know, and I think any successful relationship, that part gets tested and you find out whether because you I think you can see that like you can see it in the person trying to change. Like you can see that storm brewing and you make that conscious decision at that moment, whether you're uh, staying or you're going. And if you're willing to stay, that's that's when that 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 beautiful that like that love and all that just forms. You know, Absolutely. you got to get through that hard shit first for for you to really get to the good shit. It doesn't it's not like Hollywood, man. You don't just meet no. an airport and fall in love on the plane. I mean, sure, that happens. But, you now, know, now, Matt, we're, I mean, this is about the time. I think I think it's a good time to take a break. Matt, yeah. you got uh, you got anything you'd like to add before, you know, before we 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 take it, take a breath. No, I was just going to add, like, I guess that's why men and women are both scared of commitment is that fear of change or having to change for the long term, probably. Yeah. Well, we can, we can talk about that when we come back because there's a lot to that. There's yeah. a lot. Oh, I know, yeah. uh, you know, Matt, you've got some numbers that you wanted to bring up. You did yeah. a little bit of research, which we love. We love it when people do research, you know. Um, you did a little bit of research. I got something I want to bring up on the top end, and, you know, Brady's going to chime in. I saw, you know, obviously, he's always got something. I always got something to say. He's got something. All right, so we will be, we'll be right back in Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tail. Welcome back. Men in your life, unapologetically human. We got Dan here, got Brady here, we got Matt here, uh, talking about relationships. And you know, before we took a break, we uh, brought up the topic with uh, commitments. Actually, Matt brought that up, and um, Matt's got some numbers that he wants to bring up. And I actually got a little something that um, I wanted to read off before we got into this because it actually, to me, it feels like it ties in together with what we're, we're what we're talking about. It's something that kind of just dawned on me, and. Um, when we go through the weeks and we talk about this stuff, I, I jot down notes and I find like uh, words and quotes and, and book paragraphs, you know, stuff like that, and try to find stuff to relate it to our episodes. And this one actually stuck out to me. It's uh, the internal war between your heart and your mind can drive you incredibly mad. But some of the greatest battles will be fought within the chambers of your own soul. I don't have any idea who wrote it. Um, there was nothing there. Uh, it just, it's something that I found and, you know, you were talking about commitments and how you thought that one of the biggest issues with committing is that people don't want to change, I think is what you left it off at, right? Yep. Correct. Um, it, uh, it, there's, there's change and like having, like knowing that like you're having to stick with them no matter what. I know there's also that that divorce route, which is now at 50% in the U.S., which is just completely sad to hear. But yeah, uh, yeah that like it's changed, and I feel like the just fear of having to just commit to that person for life. Do you have fear of commitment? I f- there's a little bit. Um, Be honest. But it's mo- yeah, Be yeah. Honest. There, uh, there, there is a little bit. Because okay. like I, I've I've wanted committed commitment for so long, like even dating back to high school, but I was so young back then I didn't even know what love was. Um, but like it's mostly for me, it's mostly the fear of messing up. Like I, I want to commit to someone so bad, but I'm I'm always fearing about messing up completely that the whole thing just crumbles apart. 
I can understand that. I don't. I don't I, know, Brady. Maybe you disagree. That. What's that? I think we all go through that. Itself. Right. So, obviously, you know, disagree with me here if I'm if you think I'm wrong, but okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say being afraid of messing up is necessarily the f- being afraid of commitment. Maybe it's just afraid that you're going to be screwing up. But here's my thing: is that I, I think somebody once told me was that you're. I don't think there's a little bit. You're allowed. It's not a little bit of commitment fear. It's either you are, or you're not. And if you are, then you find the root problems as to why you are. So if you are afraid of commitment, but it's may or maybe it's not commitment. You're just maybe you're just terrified that you're going to disappoint the person that you're with. Maybe you're afraid of letting them down. I wouldn't necessarily that's fear of commitment because I've seen people who just don't want to get tied down. That's it. They just don't want to be tied down, period. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, it's, you know, I, I, I have to say, I, I pretty much agree with you. I mean, there, there's either you, you've got a fear of commitment or you don't. Yeah. Um, it's to what degree is, is, is where, where the, uh, the fluctuation comes from. Um, when it comes down to it though, I think we, we've all gone through and we all have, I feel like we all have somewhat something there that would cause us fear in a relationship. I'm not necessarily saying fear of commitment, but fear within the relationship itself, you know, and I think that's more of along the lines of Matt, what you were, what you were talking about, terrified of, you know, screwing up and screwing up to the point where you're going to start wondering, which from the sound of it, you probably have, but I know I have in my past, you're going to start wondering, well, was this, was this the, that one and I screwed up. So I'm never, I'm never, you know, it's, it's that kind of, yeah, it's that kind of feeling. Oh, I screwed this up. So, you know, even, but this person could have been the one and I screwed it up. So there's no chance. So now call, sorry, I'm going to go to finish rest of your life. And I feel like that is, that's not necessarily a fear of commitment. That's just a human fear. No, we don't want to be alone. I mean, I I can honestly tell you one of the biggest fears, because I have a, a number of them. One of the biggest fears in my life is to die alone. That's, I mean, as, as heavy as that may sound that, but I feel like that's, that is a pretty common human fear. So that ties into, that ties into, you know, did I screw this up and am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? I've, I've felt like that way, Matt. I have. Would you, would you go as far to say that that fear would be more, uh, relationship PTSD? Because of maybe you screwed up or they, maybe you got burned by them. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that happens, right? Like men, yes. and, and men and women, men and women, when you, when we screw up, right, there is trauma attached to that. There is PTSD. And a lot of the time that's what happens in relationships is that when you, you meet somebody and you aren't necessarily ready to go back down that road again, mm-hmm. you're afraid, you're afraid the same thing's going to happen again. You're afraid you're going to make the same mistakes. Oh, Absolutely. And I, I think that I think and that is a that that's one of those those traumas that you I do believe you never get through because I mean I've mentioned my ex-wife numerous times. I'm the happiest I have ever been in my life right now. I am. I have a wonderful wife, I have a beautiful family, I've got a great job, I can I mean I've I've got everything going for me right now. But something can be said, something can be done, something some experience I may have will trigger something in the back of my mind and make me remember just a shitty part of my life. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's where that trauma comes in. And I truly believe that that's relationship trauma is not something you ever get over. It is. Right. Right. And that, but see, there's the other thing about that too, is that you can't hold the new person accountable for shit that was done by somebody else. See, and that's the hardest thing for people to get through because it's kind of, if you think about it, comparison, right? Everybody compares everything to everything, right? But comparison is the killer of joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comparison will kill love. Comparison will kill joy. It you know, kills your happiness. It kills everything because you're, you're so worried about comparing your, this new thing to what happened in the past. And while you're doing that and you're relishing in the past, you're demolishing your future. And, you know, and it's funny you bring up comparison, you know, being the destroyer of ro- destroyer of worlds. Um, I mean, sorry, I mean, that's kind of, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, comparison can destroy anything in your life. And I feel like and I know I keep I keep going back to social media in this podcast, but you have to understand something. I remember. I've been on the outside, you know, and, and I remember social media's birth. And, you know, all this stuff. So I, I I feel like I do have somewhat of an insight to this. But, you know, back in the day, you'd compare yourself to your immediate surroundings. You know, you're the people that you personally know. I mean, may not be friends with, but you personally know them. Now, you're comparing yourself to everybody around the world. And, and let's be honest, Facebook is still very new. I mean, it was created in what, 2004, 2005, something like that, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and you you brought it like with your friends and your social circle. Look, your um, your uh, social um, whatever your your social title, whatever you want to call that, um, is not a reflection of who you are as a person. I mean, it can be, but you individually, you cannot you if you. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard sometimes than those that are around you because that's how you get past stuff. And so, I mean, so you've had social media, Matt, since, you know, you were younger. Um, had, had, do you feel like that's affected how you react to other people in real life? Um, uh, like what do you mean somebody, by that? When you meet somebody in person, do you feel like the way that, that you've been treated or you've treated other people on social media that you don't? see in person do you feel like that's affected the way that you have uh, as far as your personal relationships um i've in a way yes um like w- with the huge difference there is between in person and social media you know social media they can't see your face unless you're on a video call and like and sometimes i'm a completely different person on social media than i am in person which sometimes is better and sometimes worse because, you know, like, like if I just met someone online and like saw what they were interested in, I could act towards like, or try to relate with them when it's completely not my personality at all. And in person, you can't really bullshit that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't for as long as you can on social media. I mean, that's, that's for sure. Cause I mean, I can't remember who, but a comedian, I think one time said, you know, the first three months of a relationship is trying is convincing the other person. You're a person that you're not. 
Yep. And then you spend the next three months showing them the real you and trying to get them to understand that this is actually who you are. You know, it's, but with social media, you can, you can extend that three months to years. I mean, yeah. I watched, I watched the TV show catfish. It's ridiculous, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I do watch that. It's, it's, I can't, it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. And you um, know, co- coming, coming to coming with the territory of social media is, online dating and yeah. online dating it you know even before the pandemic is such for, a for the, so let me okay listen full full disclosure taylor and i met online my wife and i met online okay oh, really? we actually we actually met online um i i was gonna get off this app like i, I had come and gone on this app and i was like you know what i was like i i just need to like focus on some things for myself and I saw her and I was like, you know what? I mean, it doesn't cost a dime and I'm not going to fucking ever see this person again. So who cares? Right. If she doesn't respond back, this is your wife. Yeah. And I'm like, who cares? She doesn't respond back. So I sent a message and jokes on me. She responded back and here we are uh, married with a house and about to have a kid. So, I mean, like, you know, the app got deleted anyway. Right. You know, it just was for a better reason than before. I, it was me. It was before just giving up for me. It, now it's because I don't need it anymore. Right. I, I never I met her and that so was it. And, deleted it, Dude, I mean, this say what? Said so you just deleted it because that's, that's no that's- no no <laughs> <laughs> you asshole no I actually funny story um I probably never told her this but after like two weeks of talking to her or not even like two sorry not two weeks two days of talking to her when we exchanged information when we got done with that I deleted that shit that's awesome yeah now so I have to ask you a question because it, I I know how it worked for me were you looking to get into any kind of serious relationship when you met your wife. No, no, um, and that's question, usually how it works, same right? Question, no, yeah, not, not the least. Then that's usually how it works. Now yes. let's go over to our our partner in crime over here, yes. Matthew. You ha- you've been using. You've told me that you've been using social media or not social media, sorry, uh, online dating, right? And the last couple of people you've met is through online dating. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've used so many apps. I like from Plenty of Fish, Tinder, like uh, you you name it. I, I try right, using let me, all. Let of me them. stop you right there. Tinder is not a relationship seeking <laughs> no, app. No, that is that is not. I mean, okay. So let's just I didn't cut find that, that out. <laughs> yeah, let's just cut that shit out now. Let's go ahead. If you're you still using it, just delete that motherfucker now. Yeah. But yeah. go on, continue, finish, finish. Oh, like the one that I used the most was this one called Upward, where it was for christian singles okay and i thought that one was legit but as you said like if it's free there's going to be a lot of fake people on there specifically people that are looking for money (laughs) yeah yeah so let me ask you this then you were you using okay yes or no did you have multiple dating apps downloaded at one time yes were you yes or no were you constantly looking on those apps at one time yes would you say that you have overcrowded your mental capacity with online dating apps absolutely 100 (laughs) percent. would you say that it was not more so you were wanting to look for somebody it turned into a need to find somebody it 
definitely turn into a need for somebody because I, I felt like I needed somebody because I, I started panicking because I'm like, shit, I'm 24 and I'm still single. <laughs> like, I, I forgot what the like national average is for people getting uh, for getting married these days, but oh, I, I think it's like extended, though. the national yeah. average has extended since for, you know, since, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Let me. Why why does everybody put timelines on everything? Because that's that's uh, as human beings, that's what we're trained as. That'd why be- does it? But why does it matter what age you are when you get married? Yeah, I mean, I understand that you want to have kids and stuff like that. But why would you? Why do you have to put an age time limit on when you get married? Why wouldn't it just be wait really? until you find the right person to get married? Why are we rushing? Why are people? Why are people rushing into marriages four or five months in, and then get divorced six, seven months later? I mean, that is that is a damn fine question, and you know, I would say that's a question for people far smarter than you and me, but they still haven't figured that shit out either. So maybe we, maybe I could figure it out, but maybe. honestly, I feel like it's because of cultural norms. Honestly, that's that's. That's what it boils down to. I mean, Matt, how old were you when you first started feeling like that? How old were you when you first started feeling like I need somebody? Like probably due to due to like you know I'm getting older. Yeah, like um, I'd say between like once I got to my twenties, okay. Like, once I turned twenty, I'm like okay, like this, something's going wrong here, or that's how at least I felt. No, so that's that that makes sense. Was that shortly after your breakup in what was it, 2018? Uh, yeah, that I, I believe I was 19 when that happened. So, like, and I thought that one was like legit because we had talked about it beforehand, like being long term and set in stone. And then the last few months of the relationship, it completely crumbled apart. So, like, I'm like, I have to start this whole process again. It's gonna take years. Like, I'm on. I felt like I was on the clock. <laughs> So you, know, you can I, sit you can sit there and tell somebody that, you know, oh, time conquers all time and it does, right? But let's be honest. There you can tell somebody that until you're blue in the face, it won't mean shit to them until they figure it out on their own. Yes. You know, I can sit here and tell you that time is going to take care of everything, right? And it does. It doesn't mean anything until you actually believe it. But you're going to figure that out on your own. I can't sit here and tell you that. You're going to do that on your own, right? You know, Tom Hanks once sat down on this round table with, like, um, I think it was, like, Adam Sandler and uh, Robert Nero. And I want to say there was somebody else, another big name actor. I can't remember. And he kind of talked about the one thing that I wish somebody told me sooner when I was younger was this too shall pass. When you're upset and you're angry, this will pass. When you're happy and you feel like you have found all the joy in your life, this is going to pass. The hardships and the good shit, it's going to pass at some point. But it was primarily labeled at the hard stuff in life and the negative stuff in life. And like I said, we can sit here and tell you until we're blue in the face that it's going to pass. But it's not going to matter until you believe it yourself. Now I I gotta ask. We've talked about these statistics you have, Matt. I am I am curious. What are, what are these statistics that you have? What is? The, the, yeah, this one I actually have here actually ties in uh, spe- specifically with millennials. So forty uh, percent of millennials claim they are not willing to settle for the wrong individual just to be in a relationship. So sixty percent are. 
Yes. And, and that's honestly really scary. Cause, or, or It's humbling that to know that I'm not the only one who's like really trying to find that person. But like at the same time, we shouldn't be that desperate. But we're talking about 40% of people are, are willing to wait. Yes. Only 40% of people are willing to wait and 60% of people will, will get into a, 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 not necessarily a bad relationship, like abusive, but a bad relationship for them. Yikes. Um, because they just need to be in a relationship, which is honestly, I do. And I know, um, you call We've me all done it. You want, but social media, I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of your social media, you know, uh, ranking for lack of a better phrase. You know, are you in a relationship? That's, I mean, right. think about it. I mean, a lot of people ask that first thing. So are you in a relationship? Yeah. You in a relationship? I mean, yeah. and, you know, that's become part of our identity. Yes, I'm with this person. Or no. And then they start to wonder what's wrong with you. Right. How often do you hear about uh, a woman or a man uh, talk about the amount of people that are in their fucking DMs? Or how many videos have you seen on on Instagram or Facebook Reel or TikTok or whatever it is about how um, it could be a woman and she's like, uh, you know, oh, uh, if somebody's looking for a single mom and da 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 da, you know, like just trying to, you know, get wanting the attention, right? And I'm not saying they're seeking attention. I just mean it's just part of today's society, right? Social media, and especially in relationships and dating, it's such an instant gratification. Or it's a sin. Is it, huh? Everything is. Yeah, it's a. It's such an instant yes or no or instant gratification that it's starting to dominate everything. Mm-hmm. Like, what happened to just learning to get to know somebody over coffee, over food, over a walk, over something? Like, we sit here and we want to talk about, we want to chit chat on fucking Instagram about everything. But let's be honest, that 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 sixty percent that you were talking about that were willing to just jump into random relationships just to be happy, right? Uh, what do you think the percentage of that are those people who are sitting there while they're talking to you? They're scrolling through, liking all kinds of other shit, trying to talk to other people at the same time. Mm-hmm. At least 25. Because, <laughs> because they know that they're settling, right? So why not just continue to look for something better while we do it? Why and, and, and know that there's nothing wrong with it. I mean – I'm not saying go out and sleep with every every person that you that you find interesting. I'm talking about the more people you know personally, the more people you know, not the more screen names you know, the more people you know. I mean, the, honestly, I'm not saying the more friends you have, but the more people you know, the odds are better. <laughs> I mean, that's that's plain and simple and you don't really need I mean, my wife and I we we knew each other in high school. We did. I mean, we lost touch for, you know, a healthy portion of our lives, but um and we weren't we weren't real close friends in high school, but you know, we knew each other. But I've always been one of those people like I have had I want to say I had a profile on plenty of fish. And I can't think of any others. And I think I had that profile for five minutes. Mm. And I'm, I've always been one of those people. I need to, I, I want to see you. I want to speak to you. Let's go play. Yes. Let's go have a beer. Let's go, yes. go get coffee, go get a meal. I mean, I don't care if I end up spending 60 bucks on a meal for us and we look at each other and we're like, nah, you know, I mean, and, and honestly, 
people are like, well, can we still be friends? I mean, honestly, that it hurt. Don't get me wrong. I'm human. But, you know, if we can we still be friends, then we we would never speak to each other again. Right. But right. But, you know, that was that was kind of the process for me. Now, the process for somebody, you know, in Matt's generation is like, like honestly, and please tell me I'm, if I'm wrong, Matt, but I kind of see it as just like Dan said, you know, talking, talking to, you know, 15 different, they got 15 different chat bubbles up. Yeah. I never had that quite many, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, Matt, you, let me ask you something. Two things. First, you, you have other, a couple other stats too, right? You shared a couple with me. I want, I want you to share those because I think they're important. I think people should hear this. Yeah, this one really hits home for me. Um, the, the CDC estimates that 42% of all suicides are related to relationship problems. I can vouch so, for that. Yeah. And that's not, that's not just male. That that's is everybody. men and women. And that's reported. And, and that's reported, and that's just relationships. And the I think the national average of all, re, all suicides, like 70% of it, is committed by men. Yeah. And right? I want to say 70%, 70% of suicide attempts are, are attempted by men. Right. What else you got for us, Matt? Come on. Hit me. Uh uh, I think I mentioned the divorce rate now is at 50%. Asinine. Uh, I mean, is it actually at 50% now? Yeah. Yep. So yeah. you got it's 50%, 50-50, whether if it works out or not. Think, um, about, think about that for a second, right? So, Brady, you and I married. Uh, Matt, let's for this experience, let's say you're married, right? And, and uh, uh, Adam and, and his wife, right? So we're married, right? We got four couples. That means half of these, this this group here, would end up becoming divorced. That's what they're saying is the national average there. Think about that. That's fucking wild. That's fucking wild. What else you got? Um, let me actually go back to the website where I got all of this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this while you're looking, okay? Let me ask you this question. Um, everybody has flaws. Everybody has strengths. What would you say are your top three biggest flaws, honestly? Top three biggest flaws, uh, being too emotionally vulnerable, uh, not knowing boundaries as well as I should. Um, and maybe, uh, maybe being a little bit of a short fuse, like, uh, like I'm, I'm quick to be snappy. Okay. So judgmental. Either judgmental or like something could easily just set me off like or piss me off um, like what like what uh it it could be the simplest things like uh if, if they're just yeah like if they're just chewing food right in front of me and they just happen to open their mouth once like i i would like immediately look over to them and like with a, almost like a death glare <laughs> but okay so let me ask you that is that is that a hill that you're willing to die on for a relationship we mean die on. Is that a battle that you're willing to go to war with, or war uh, have a battle a, a battle that you're willing to go to war for in a relationship? If somebody's cho- yeah. if somebody is that something that is going to make or break it for you? Yeah, for all three of those, yeah, I'd I'd be willing to get, be in the front lines to deal with those. Well, now, and that's understandable. It is, but now, are you willing to 
Are you really w- willing to torpedo your relationship because they chew too loudly? Oh, no, that, no. Like, I was just using that for an example, but. <laughs> Be honest, though, because honestly, there are, have you, have you ever, do you feel like you've sacrificed a relationship based on those minor, um, those minor things that irritate you? Any uh, kind of no, me, romantic, just any kind of relationship. No, like, I, I feel like, um, well, specifically the the first two, like they've contributed to it, but I feel like they haven't like made it c- completely crumble it apart. Uh, for okay. uh, for the boundaries, um, like it's actually specifically more like before the relationship, like uh, especially when I was going back to the social media thing, where like immediately chatting with them as soon as they got back online, like I didn't really know like personal space or like if they said, Oh, I'll think about it. Like I was always like, Oh, so what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, so it's really just more. Uh, and then what was the first one? I said, uh, the, being emotionally vulnerable. That's by far my top one where like, if, if they're, if they're not, um, if I did something wrong or did like a minor mistake and they're just completely upset and like, they seem like they're just completely done with me. Like I would just try to do everything to like, in my power to change that and like make them happy instead of just being there to support them. Like I was trying to be their happiness when I know that's not, not, not at all how it works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and honestly, I mean, I'm hearing you say these things and, and Matt, I think you and I have more in common than I, I actually thought. Um, and that's, and that's the truth. I'm not being a smart ass or anything like that because I mean, I would, I would, convince myself that I would be completely and utterly invested in these relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, whatever, but mostly romantic, but I would be 100% completely invested in these things. And it would quote unquote, quote, destroy my world when those relationships ended. And that was because I laid my emotions to bear, um, uh, minute one. And, you know, and I made myself that, that vulnerable, that raw, um, being, and then when they, when they decided that it was over, you know, because I had the same problems you did, you know, I, the, the one thing that I can say is I was, it was always easy for me to talk to people. It was, but I didn't know when to stop. Right. So then you, you look yeah, inquisitive. It's look what? Inquisitive. <laughs> well, I'm just listening. But you, Matt, you said something that you always tried to be their happiness. And uh, I had that issue when I was in my 20s, too, and I was dating. I went through some terrible relationships. I mean, terrible as in, like, awful for me. And it was awful for mental health, like, reasons. And just I allowed things to happen when I never should have allowed them to happen, right? And it took them, it took me a while to realize and have the attitude of that, you know, um, telling you no is not going to like it's not going to end my world if it's if you know like you you want to go talk to other people then go I don't care like that's a you decision that's not a me decision I need to make a me decision right and the me decision is letting you go do those things and I'm not going to be a part of it and when I started doing that is when I started to have a better judgment of value when it came to the people that I associated with in the dating scene 
And I realized that you can't be everybody's happiness. Uh, you're just not going to work. And it takes a while to figure that out. And there were times where uh, I, you know, you guys know I would drink heavily. And there was, there was times because I was going through shit with other stuff, right? I was going through other mental, uh, or I was already having, I was having other battles, right? So I went through some of that shit and I got torn apart. And, you know, it wasn't until I met my now wife that I realized that there was things that I needed to change about myself if I was going to ever be happy with anything, really, whether it was myself or somebody else. And, you know, like Steve Harvey said, you meet that one person, you are willing to make those changes. And it's not like you're getting forced to do it. See, that's the thing, though, is it's not an easy thing to do because it's going to make it feel like you're hitting a wall with yourself because you start to have this like battle with yourself internally between the way that you used to act and the way that you, you know, are needing to actually be like the person that you're willing to be or need to be right. It's, it's about the person that you were and the person that you desire to be. Like, I didn't want to be that person anymore. That was just the person that I was during that time because I didn't know how to act any differently. I didn't, there was nothing else holding me down. Right. And it wasn't until I met my wife, you know, you, you guys, Taylor, that, um, I realized that there were things worth fighting for and there was things that were worth letting go. And there were things that you realize really, if you were to just let some things go, this is me like talking to myself, I were just to let some things go, you could really be happy. And it wasn't until I met her where that happened, where she, we, we talked about things and we battled through some stuff together, but separately we had our own battles, mental, uh, mental stuff going on and depression and, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. And when you can talk to somebody and compare that stuff and, you know, compare is a relative word, but you, you can relate to those things, um, Sometimes it makes it easier to let go. And sometimes it makes it easier to understand that I was a total shitbag in my mid-20s. And I don't want to be that person. And now that I'm having a daughter, if my daughter brought somebody home like me in my mid-20s, I would beat the living shit out of that guy. Because there's no way whatsoever that he should be around my daughter. I shouldn't have been. But then there was times where you do that. You offer up so much. And you think like, all right, this is going to be it. This is going to be the one that works. And then it doesn't. And you just, you're here at the top and you just sink back right back to the bottom. And like you said, it's just a ever revolving door. You just keep doing the same old shit, right? What's that, uh, what's that saying? The uh, definition of um, insanity, insanity is yeah. doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Yes. And that's, you know, but, but I have to say that that's kind of in general, that's kind of how we do it as human beings. We keep hitting it. I mean, it's especially in relationships with relationships. Um, we keep going head first into this wall, hoping that this wall gives out when all we had to do is take one step right or left. And there was an opening. 
somebody once told me that when you hit a wall, you're not being stopped. It's the wall is placed there for you to rest. Oh, I like that. So when you hit the wall, everybody's like, I'm hitting a wall. I'm hitting a wall. I don't know what to do. I need to change things. No, no, no. You don't need to change anything. When you hit that wall, you are hitting that force between the old you and you becoming the new you. That wall is there for you to rest, to to uh, gather yourself and prepare yourself for what's coming. Because there's a lot of new shit that's about to enter your life. And you need to be ready up here and in here to accept all that. And if you're so, not, then you're going to turn around and walk away. So, Matt, you look like you're you're looking at some some numbers here. What did, what did you find? Uh, this one might actually surprise you guys. Uh, positive relationship statistics indicate that almost 60%, 60 of long-distance relationships actually work out. What? Yeah. I believe it because it takes effort. It takes work. People forgot that relationships take work. It takes That's effort. True. And people give up so fucking easy when it gets hard. Well, oh, yeah. I can vouch for that. I can. I mean, not not that I've given up. Um, my my ex-wife, she gave up. She just done, which I'm happy about. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm happy now, but oh, good lord, you should have seen me then. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is I mean, now people have, you know, that good old fashioned easy button when it comes to when it when it comes to relationships, and and, and you know, back in the day. I know it, it sounds ridiculous, and back in the day, yeah, it was still just just that easy to get get a uh, a divorce. It was easy. It was just as easy as it is today. Don't let anybody fool you. But people were willing to put in the work back then to make it to to not have to go down that route. Now, I mean, it's like I said. I mean, people people kind of view it as okay, you know, I'm just going to hit the reset button. I don't need this anymore, and and call it good. And I feel like it's become so socially acceptable mm-hmm. to be divorced that being divorced is, I mean, it's meh, you know, it's just like, it's just like breaking up, you know, in high school, it doesn't matter anymore. And back in the day, it mattered if you were divorced. How many times have you seen those stupid videos where, and some of them are valid, but I don't think a lot of them are. Where it's like, oh, if he doesn't do X, Y, and Z for you, then you need to go out and get yourself somebody who will. I hate those videos. But so you're telling me that if a man doesn't know how to change your tire or change your oil, that he's not good enough for you? That's fucking trash, dude. That's fucking ta- that's trash, man. Um, and I'm not because talking, it, I mean I'm I'm saying truthfully, that's like 70, 80 percent of this generation doesn't know how to change or, or change a tire. It's that not mean shit though. No, but that doesn't mean, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And that's very true. That is, I mean, I run into those all the time. Like I said, TikTok got me. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be flipping through TikTok and, you know. How many times do you see a video and go, this is fucking dumb? And then not like, not like what's happening is dumb, but like what they're trying to, what they're trying to preach basically is like, dude, this is at, this is fucking 100% wrong. Like we should not be promoting this. I saw one the other day and this was from a man saying it is okay for you to be, and, and the title was men, it is okay for you to be men. And I was like, Oh, okay. I can, I can, I, I'm going to listen to this whole thing, but this was like, it is okay. If, if you don't like what she's wearing, when you guys are about to leave, you can wait a minute. No, that's, that's not 
okay, let's 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 find out what else he's got to say. And he started saying some of these things. I'm like, that's not being a man. That's not being a, a douche. It's okay. For, it's okay for you to, you know, you, you for you to, you know, tell her she can't have any guy friends or something like that. I'm like, no. Misogynistic. <laughs> yeah. That I'm like, I'm like, you're what these guys are are, you know, accusing all of us men of being. <laughs> and then there are some there are some people that you know the and i've seen some good videos too mm-hmm. i mean not along those aspects but you know it's it's one of those things that there's a delicate line there's a delicate balance and that's what i think a lot of people have forgotten when it comes to relationships especially romantic relationships it's a delicate balance you will be uncomfortable at some point in your relationship you will it's just whether or not you can deal with that uh, discomfort, because I guarantee you, you do something, say something too, too loudly, whatever. And it makes your partner a little uncomfortable. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you're a stalker, so you're, you know, you're kind of weirding them out. I'm talking about these little, you know, like, like, uh, like I said, you know, you chew too loudly or, you know, you like to put your, put your feet up on the coffee table or whatever. You know, it's these minor things. Those, just like Dan said, is that a hill you're willing to die on? And it's a delicate balance when it comes to romantic relationships, and people have forgotten that. And let's be honest, you have those little things, but you damn well know they got some shit too that they're annoyed with well, about absolutely. you. So okay. you gotta, you start to weigh those things out where it's like, oh, okay, you don't like it when I uh, put my feet up on the table, and I don't really like it when you chew that loud. So maybe I should just not put my feet on the table and go, Hey, do you mind just kind of like trying to chew a little quieter? And then after she stabs you in the face, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like, you got to understand that it's, I think people forget that relationships is a hundred percent a two way street. And we always lose that, that mentality where it's like, it's always me, 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 or it's them, 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 you know, stuff like that. And and them, 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 and pour yourself into your person. That's fine. But understand that you got to be you, you have your own life as well out within this relationship. And whether it's positive or negative, you know, you got, you got to work to make relationships work, right? It's, it's not necessarily, you know, it shouldn't be a struggle all the time, but you got to do things for each other to remind one another, like, Hey, like I'm still the person that you fell in love with and you were still the person I fell in love with. And you know, you, there's no reason that you need to be doing X, Y, and Z. Let me do that for you because I, I want to do it. Right. It shouldn't be a requirement. It's because you want to do those things. Right. And you also got to remember that while you're working on that, you still got to be working on you. Yeah. It's not 50, 50, it's 100, 100. Exactly. I was just about to say, you kind of nailed it on the head there, Dan. It's a hundred percent two way street. That means it's a hundred, a hundred. I mean, there's no, and, and don't get me wrong. I've said it before in this podcast. There's no such thing as even when it comes to a relationship. There isn't, I mean, there will be days, minutes, hours, whatever time frame you want to talk about where I am holding up a little bit more because my wife is tired or my wife is going through something. So it's my duty to carry that extra load. And there will be days where I'm going through some shit, 
where it is and and it is her duty to carry a little extra load and there's nothing wrong with that but i right. there is never any such thing as even even steven and you know on those on those rare moments where it is just 100 100 even you know those those moments are are wonderful but it, mm-hmm. they don't last yeah and, this too no, shall pass yeah, and and you know there is one thing that I would like to say because you you kind of said it. You have to remind them that you are still the person that they fell in love with, and you do still have, you know, a life. I mean, your your life involves, especially when you get to Dan, like me and you, we're we're married. We you're about to have a kid. I have kids. Your life revolves around them, absolutely, but you still have to have that outside that out not outside life but that outside you know i like to bowl i haven't been i haven't i haven't had a i haven't been part of a bowling league in a few years right do things that make you happy it it may yeah do the things that make you happy exactly now the one thing i'm worried about with this pandemic and everybody being locked down is people will have forgotten that yeah i mean i like to go bowling next year i'm going to join another bowling league Good. Um, I've been talking about it for years. I want to, I want to be an umpire in baseball. Never got my certifications, but I'm, I, I mean, every year I'm like, oh, I should do that. Do it. Maybe this is the year that I, that I actually get off my fat ass and go do it. But <laughs> I mean, but the whole thing is, is, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm very afraid with, you know, because we, as, as, as human beings, um, we, as human beings, we are a social people. And we have been completely isolated for, I mean, we're heading into our third year. Um, and I'm, a, I am, I can honestly say I am, I am afraid what this has done to people. I, I am because we don't, uh, my wife and I, we were just talking the other day about, you know, we haven't had a date night other than, you know, I mean, we, we're not counting the wedding and honeymoon, of course, but, you know, we haven't had a date night in two years. Mm. We you've, had the, you've had the pandemic to kind of blame that for a little bit too. Well, yeah, for a little bit, but honestly, if we put the effort into it, we could have gone out and done something. But, and, and the funny thing is we were talking about Valentine's day and as she, I was like, you know what, let's go to dinner. Or she said something, you know, let's, let's do something. What are we doing for Valentine's day? And I was like, you know what? The next day I went and made reservations at a really nice Brazilian steakhouse. You know, I, I mean, it, yeah, no, it's all you meet. Is this, me? Texas, I, I is this Mar- Texas Day Brazil? Carnivore, okay. Is this Texas uh, Day no, Brazil? It's, it's called, uh, I want to say it's Fogo. Fogo de Chão? Yeah. Is it Fogo de Chão? Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, we got one of those up here. I heard it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's, you have no idea what you're talking about, do you? Matt. Matt, you don't know? Okay, well, no, I'm making that look because of his American accent, you know, like, I'm like, I, I got to say it right because I'm Brazilian myself. Please say it right because I don't know how to pronounce it. All right, I'm going to drop Matt <laughs> off this call. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Say it. Say how it. to pronounce this. Say it. Fogo de Chão. Fogo de Chão. Do it again, what? Fogo de Chão. Okay, we'll just go with that. Um, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I was going to try and I'm like, Fogo no. de Chão. You got to talk through your nose. That's no. the trick. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, I mean, no offense to your to to you know your your culture, Matt. I'm 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 white, um, but <laughs> but that's the whole thing. And and I will be honest with you. I will be 100% honest. I think for a period of time there, I forgot through the pandemic 
how to be that man. I forgot how to have that life with my wife. We've been cooped up and yeah, we've found ways to pass the time and stuff like that, but we, everybody stopped. The world stopped and it's about time that, you know, we do like Dan, I'm, I've, I've heard you and you and your wife, you know, Hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. I'll be honest with you. I, there's, there's a little pang of jealousy that comes every now and then, but that's jealousy brought on by myself because I haven't made the effort. But it's a lot different though, because you have kids and and you don't have somebody that can just come over and grab the kids unless you take them with you, you know, and like you guys need alone time. And, you know, I, I understand that. And we are very much homebodies, but there comes a point where I need to, I need to get out. Like, I mean, we need to go do something and yeah. we need to get you like, you know, moving and stuff like that. And like, we gotta, we gotta go do something, you know? So like today, my wife's going to take me out for a late birthday lunch um at a whiskey uh like a whiskey bar restaurant place which i'm fucking excited for and i'll let you know how it was um and then we're gonna go see a movie and we haven't seen a movie in months months we haven't gone to a, we haven't gone to a movie theater in months and yeah you're paying a lot of money to go do the same thing you could do on a couch but it's not about the money it's about the experience yeah right and that's the important part you know and there's times like during the week where you know, like we're, we're planning our grocery list and my, you know, lately my wife has been, or even before she got pregnant, she was cooking a lot. And it was, got to a point where I was like, you know, she's like, Hey, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, no, what do you want for dinner? Like you tell me what you would like for me to cook for you, or I will find something to cook for you. You know, like, what do you want for dinner? It's not about what I always want for dinner. What do you want for dinner? Like, what can I make for you? So then she's, you know, sh there's a thing that I make um, with uh, a chicken sausage and like red grapes and spinach with some like onions and stuff. It's some like Mediterranean thing. And then she, like, she wants hamburgers and she wants, you know, like she'll want steak and she'll do like, we'll do like sliders, like, like stuff like that. She'll want me to like make stuff for her. And it's you guys touched on it it's it's 100 it's 100 and 100 right it's not like you said it's not 50 50 and and brady you brought up exactly what i was going to say was there's days where you may only be able to offer 50 percent of yourself your wife will offer that other 50 but it's that balance of you know i'm going to hold this weight for you and then it's like tomorrow something will take place and it's reverting back i'm going to hold this wait for you today. You know, I can give you, I'll give you 90% of myself today when I know you only can give me 10. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because it's going to balance itself out and you're going to get back to that hundred and a hundred. So you might do 50% and 50%, but 50 plus 50 is a hundred, right? So we are, we are constantly trying to evolve ourselves in relationships. And it, listen, it's not too late to take your wife out on a date. Just no. because it's been a while. It ain't ever going to be too late. But, you know, one thing that I wanted to talk about with Matt real quick before we hop off was um, just trust yourself in certain situations. All right. You're a smart dude. OK, we know that. But you let sometimes you you let your emotions get the best of you. And it happens to everybody. But trust yourself. Trust your gut. And um, stop buying plane tickets after talking to a woman for four hours. Okay. I got on you hard for that. Hard for that. But 
I think that speaks to you being, as you said, was uh, openly vulnerable and emotionally vulnerable, like too much is what you said or whatever it was that you said, right? Yeah. Just trust yourself. You're you're a good dude. Like I've known you for a long time. You're a good dude. You're smart. You know what you're doing, what the things that some of the things that you do is wrong and some of the things that you do is right. Like, you know that. So just trust yourself. Yeah. I need, I do need to say one thing about that though. Don't ever think what you're doing is wrong. If you're being you. Yeah. Period. I mean, they do have to accept you for who you are. Now, granted, I would, I would reel back the, you know, stalker vibe of buying a plane ticket after four hours. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I mean, I trust I will ask you about this next Friday. Uh, but, oh my God. But, uh, but no, uh, honestly, and I'm not going to sit here and try to be your dad or try to be your own, or, you know, somebody older and wiser and stuff like that. Dude, all I'm going to do is say, everything comes with time. My brother, everything yep. does. Enjoy your time. You're 24 years old. I am married to the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. I have a three-year-old daughter and I'm 40 years old. Okay. And I just got, you know, I just got married last year. Yep. So bro, there's no time frame on this shit. They, you don't expire after 27 years old or whatever the hell you're done. There's no expiration date on this, my, my man. Just be you. You're like, I mean, I don't, I don't know you all that well. I really not like Dan does, but I know you well enough to know you're smart. You're funny. You got a great personality and you're, you're a good looking dude. I mean, seriously, I mean, I I'm 40 years old. You're not really my type, but that's, but, <laughs> but no, you've got all these things going for you, dude. What will come will come. That's all I got. We're not, we're not, we're not your dad. We're just, um, like I said, we're going to treat you like, uh, you're like our little brother and we're going to be honest with you. And we're yeah. going to tell you if you're doing something fucking stupid, we're going to tell you that's fucking stupid, but like, you also, four hours yeah. Somebody. yeah, but you're going to figure this shit out as you go. Like you said, you're dude, you're 24. I wasn't even thinking about this life at 24. I wasn't, I was just worrying about, I was worrying about what I was going to do tomorrow. And, and I don't, you know, that was it. It was just day by day. Mm-hmm. So, um, before, before we wrap up, I wanted to bring something up real quick, which I got permission for, um, found this gentleman. I've, I've been watching a lot of his videos on TikTok, and it's, uh, and I believe he's on Facebook as well. And it's that, uh, positive underscore mental with a three at the end instead of, uh, at, so it's positive underscore mental three. Um, and they are a mental health positive group like it's just a non-profit organization and he does a lot of stuff and he does a lot of things with the uh, jed foundation jed and the uh, jed foundation is a non-profit organization that his brand donates to to help young adults and children dealing with suicide jed foundation partners with high schools and colleges to help strengthen their mental health and also put them in the right programs as well um things like that is how you go a long way to trying to break the stigma when it comes to mental health. You are giving back, you are doing what you can for the young generation to help them now, as opposed to waiting until you're 33 to get your shit together. You know, you want to make a positive impact. We got to do it young. We got to do it now. 
And this gentleman, I think him and his organization, they're doing a fantastic job. And I highly recommend that you go follow them. Um, I highly recommend maybe just sending them a review, sending them an email and just letting them know, like, look, what you're doing is awesome. And uh, we appreciate that, especially from a mental health community. Um, And that's just the kind of people that we need to be. That's, I mean, that's, that's true. That's, um, and I know we talk a lot about, you know, the, the suicide of mental health, because that's what we do on this podcast, but you know, we, we've all been touched in some way and that's the, and I think that's probably the saddest thing. There's, I would love to find out this actual statistics, but I, I would be willing to bet money that the vast majority of people have been touched by suicide in one way or another. Um, severe depression, um, anything like that, that is, or mental illness in general. Um, the vast majority of people have been touched by that. So please, when you run into these organizations and, and you feel good about the organization, there are some scams out there. And this is not one of them. I, I know for, uh, I know for a fact, I have the utmost faith in Dan that, that he knows what, you know, what to look for with these organizations. But you know, when you find an organization out there like that, let us know. We'll give them a shout out. I mean, we don't have the millions of followers that some people do, but the this is what we do. This is this is why we do this podcast is to to raise awareness and stuff like that. So you run into stuff like that, or you or you have, you know, a a organization that that you work with, you know, mental health uh, awareness and stuff like that. Let us know, please. Yeah, Matt, um, it was fantastic to have you on. Uh, you got anything that you want to say before, yeah. you know, before we head out of here? Uh, for those who are listening, listen, relationships aren't any, everything. And also I wanted to add real quick, cause like I've been hearing this for like past few weeks as well. Community is essential. All right. You, you can't do everything on your own and you, you need that sense of community and connection with other people to help you go through some shit. Yeah, it's true. hundred percent, hundred percent. Look, we, we, we talk about uh, we got a lot of lot of stuff coming up. We got some cool guests that we're working out. Um, a couple of them have come from TikTok. Um, one of them is uh, at J Mike six M I K six all one word. This dude is is massive with mental health. Like all he does is just positive vibes on mental health. Um, he's a gentleman that we've been talking. He would like to come on with us. Um, and try to work that out and get him on here. Um, there's another one, a uh, gentleman who runs a podcast. It's called uh, I Got Your 622, and it's just IGY622. Um, he does a lot of stuff for the, uh, like for law enforcement and military, EMS, first responders. He hosts a podcast for that. We would, he would like to come on. We're going to try to get him on too. Um, and, you know, we're, we're still working out the details, trying to do like live shows and stuff. It's I'm still working on the fact that uh, I'm going to have a kid in a couple of weeks. So uh, it's been a little bit of uh, up and down. Huh? I said, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to I won't be here. I won't be here for a little bit. So, you know, like Brady and, you know, I talked to Chris. Chris is willing to come on whenever you need him to. Um, so we're going to find ways to lock it down until I can. Uh, get back here and do some stuff, but we have 
we have stuff in the works and we're really excited about this because it's different than what we were doing before. And, and Matt, you are more than welcome to come back on anytime. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever you guys need me, I got you. A hundred percent. So, um, I think, uh, with that, I think that's a good time for, uh, Brady. I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Uh, I, I know I, I I really need to find another exit phrase, but and I will. But uh, nah, that's so, great. I, I got to say thanks for everybody that's joining us, Matt, Matt. Thanks thanks for joining us today. Um, and this has been another episode of Men in Your Life, unapologetically human. I'm Brady. I'm Dan. I'm Matt. Matt, thanks again for joining us. And uh, as always, it's okay to not be okay. And uh, iron sharpens iron. Man sharpens man. Have a blessed day.